because Abel's by Abel dying, it was also this a prophetic picture. Recorded. It was also a prophetic picture concerning what was going to happen to Jesus, that he was going to be killed and his blood was going to be shed. And that blood was going to do better things than what Abel's blood could ever do. So we see that Jesus Christ is really the focus of the scriptures. Jesus went on to say in Luke chapter 24, verse 27, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 24, verse 27, it says, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus Christ expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He says, beginning at Moses, all the way to the prophets. When he says beginning at Moses, it is including the books of Moses. So from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all the way to the book of Malachi, which were the prophets. It's saying that Jesus expounded these books, which we read as just Old Testament books. He revealed himself in each of these books. There are mysteries of Christ in each of these books. Pardon me. There are mysteries of Christ in each of these books. Another beautiful mystery of Christ is in the life of Joseph. Joseph was in prison with two men. He was there and then two men came into the prison as prisoners. One was the butler and the other was the baker. These people came there for a crime they committed. Joseph was in prison for a crime he didn't commit. This is a picture of Jesus Christ on the cross. He was being crucified for a crime he did not commit. But the two thieves were being crucified for crimes they did commit. Joseph's life was a prophetic picture of Jesus. Now think about it. They both had dreams and Joseph interpreted the dreams for them. And in the dream, it stated that three days from that moment, one of them was going to die. The other was going to live and be restored to his position. Hey, in the, now, the butler, it was the butler and the baker. Butler was the one in charge of the cup of wine. He presented a cup of wine to the Pharaoh. And the baker was responsible for the bread and the bakery. Now, in the dream, the one who was appointed to die was the baker, not the butler. There is a mystery concerning that. The baker, the baker deals with bread, the butler deals with wine. That is a prophetic picture of the communion, bread and wine. Because several years into the future, Jesus Christ was going to sit at a table with his disciples and he would tell them that this is my body, which was the bread, my body broken for you. Take and eat. Then he took the cup of wine and he says, this is my blood, the blood of the New Testament, which was shed for you. So it was a blood and the body of Christ captured in that prison with Joseph and the two people. But then it says that the baker died. Why? Because in the prophetic picture and the prophetic scheme of things, God had ordained that the flesh would have to break. Jesus Christ would have to be broken. He, his flesh was broken. He had to die for us to have access to the Father. So that is the cup of wine, which is the blood, is the revelation that it is because of the blood that we now have access. The blood is what gives us access to come boldly before the throne of grace, to obtain grace and to find help in time of need. It is only through that blood. So the blood had to be the link back to the palace. Are you, are you following what I'm saying so far? 
Jesus Christ was hidden in the story of Joseph. And Joseph finally was restored to his, a position. He was sent to the palace and he became the second in command, sitting at the right hand of Pharaoh. Likewise, Jesus Christ, after he finished his assignment and he resurrected and went back to glory, is seated at the right hand of God, the Father. Now, remember, it was three days in that dream, which was also a prophetic picture that Christ would die in three days. Mm. He will resurrect mm. to give us and sanctify and complete our salvation. Amen. The mystery of Christ. Christ was hidden. So when Jesus Christ is saying that all these things that are in the scriptures, they point to me. It is because Jesus is the focus of the word. Mm. So to understand the mysteries, you cannot go without focusing on Jesus. It is okay to be inspired by the stories of Abraham and how he walked by faith. Even with Abraham, is hidden another mystery concerning Christ. God asked him to sacrifice his own son, not because he needed him to kill Isaac. But if Abraham was going to be the father of faith, Abraham, the faith was going to be a faith rooted in the finished work of Christ, which was going to re uh, result in he dying. So God introduced that concept of go and sacrifice your son because God knew that several years into the future, he would mm. have to sacrifice his son. So Abraham was just a prophetic model of the father and Isaac was the prophetic model of the son. And there's nowhere in the scripture where he said, Isaac was trying to resist his father when he was taking him to that mountain to sacrifice him. Isaac's silence, Isaac's refusal, or Isaac's yeah. lack of resistance is also a prophetic picture of Jesus' obedience to the father, that you have sent you on this earth on an assignment to die for humanity. Jesus Christ was in the story of Abraham and Isaac. Another spiritual truth, there was a time where the Israelites were fighting the Amalekites, and Moses ascended the hill, and he took a rod. And the Bible says Joshua was down in the valley with the Israelites fighting against the Amalekites. And he says that as long as his hands were lifted, the Israelites had the upper hand. But when his hands were brought down, the Israelites lost the battle. The lifting up of the hands was a prophetic picture of Jesus' outstretched arms on the cross. And mm. It was not a coincidence that Aaron and Hare had to come and join him because it had to be a perfect picture of two other people on the cross. Mm -hmm. His hands were lifted. And as his hands were lifted, salvation was taking place because Joshua's name means Jehovah is salvation. So mm -hmm. by Moses' hands being lifted, those in the valley, Joshua and the Israelites in the valley contending against the Amalekites, Joshua meaning salvation. The lifted hands of Moses was bringing salvation to those who were in the valley of the shadow of death. We mm. were in the valley of the shadow of death in sin. But thanks be to God who set his, set up his hands Allah on that Allah cross Allah. to give us salvation. Amen. 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 All these mysteries are hidden in the story. Amen. Let me go back again to the story of Joseph. You notice that one of them was restored. As I said, the butler was restored, but the baker died. The butler was in the palace when Joseph was sent to the palace. The palace of Egypt in that uh, circumstance or in that situation was a prophetic picture of glory and eternity. And I'm saying this because on the cross, one of the 
thieves said, remember me in paradise. And Jesus mm. said, this day I'll remember you. Because the restoration of that butler going back to the palace was a prophetic picture of Jesus taking someone, one of the thieves into paradise. These were glimpses that the Lord had lifted in the scripture. And there are more mysteries. This is just touching the surface. There are more mysteries, but the word of God is really about Jesus. So God wants us to begin to see Jesus through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, every single page of the Bible. He wants us to see Jesus. Why does he want us to see Jesus? That is my next point. Because the word of God is the key to be Christ-like. He wants us to see Jesus because in that word, we become Christ-like. Let's turn our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. The Bible declares, But we all with unveiled face, beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just by the Spirit of the Lord. Can you hear me? Yeah. Is it clear? Hallelujah. Yes, we are. Yes, yes. yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yeah. So it's saying we all with unveiled face beholding us in the mirror are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Which image? The image of Christ. We are being transformed. Now, I'll come, I'll come back to the scripture. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Romans 8, 29. Hallelujah. It declares, for whom he foreknew... He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that we might be the first, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. God has predestined every believer to be conformed to the image of Christ, that we may, that he Christ may be the firstborn among many brethren. In John 3:16. We are told that Jesus Christ is the only begotten son of the father. But in this scripture, he's not just the only begotten son. He is described as the firstborn among many brethren. God doesn't want Jesus to be the only son. He died except the corn of wheat falls to the ground and die. It abides alone. But when it falls down and it dies, it will bring forth much fruit. God wants many sons and daughters who mm -hmm. look like his son Jesus. So that when he looks at us at the end of our journey on earth, you will see replicas, many, many sons and daughters who look just like the firstborn, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. But how do we experience that transformation? It is through the word. So now going back to 2 Corinthians 3.16, I'm reading from the Amplified Version. It says, and all of us, us with unveiled face, because we continued to behold in the word of God as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into his very image in ever increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another by the spirit of the Lord. We are being transformed. He says the word of God is a mirror. What does this mean? In other words, when you look in the mirror of God's word, you are not going to see yourself in your weaknesses. You are going to see who you are to become like. Mm -hmm. Ah, mm. Because that mirror has a face in there already. The face of Christ. 
So when you open the pages of God's word and you look and you see Christ, you begin to, something begins to take place in you. Mm-hmm. As you are meditating on the scriptures, there is a transformation taking place. When you are weak and you look at Christ who is strong in the word of God, that he says that I am your strength. The Lord is my strength. Something begins to shift because mm-hmm. now you are being conformed to that image of Christ. That's when you true. read the gospel and you look at the humility of Christ, how he humbled himself before John the Baptist. And Bible says, Jesus, God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And Jesus also taught that the greatest in the kingdom are those who are humble. Then you begin to check yourself and say, where is there pride in my life? I cannot excel in this kingdom or be ranked in a high place in the kingdom of God in eternity if I still have pride in my life. So as I look in the word and I see that humility is a requirement for me to ascend into dimensions of glory, I begin to check myself because in the mirror, I am seeing the humility of Christ. When I have problems with hatred and bitterness and I look at how Christ was so loving, I get convicted. And say, I cannot hold on to this unforgiveness. Yes, they offended me. Yes, they they hurt me. Yes, they said all kinds of things. They maligned me. They falsely accused me. But my Jesus went through the Mm. same thing. And yet on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. So when I see the mirror, what Christ did, I begin to see the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. He's he's checking me and saying, you need to change. Mm. And then you begin to grow from Glory to glory, from strength to strength, from faith to faith. There's a transformation that is taking place because God wants us to look like Jesus. That's true. When you get to eternity, there will be rewards not just for soul winning, but how much of Christ you manifested before he caught you up into glory. Mm. It is messy. So the earlier we begin to conform our lives to the word of God, to the word of God, and begin to see where we need to check ourselves. Bible says, examine yourself to see where you are in the faith. Mm -hmm. You need to check yourself and say, no, this word is telling me that I have to forgive. It is difficult, but I know I'm supposed to forgive according to the word. Holy Spirit, help me to forgive this guy. Help me to forgive this lady. She wounded me so much. He hurt me so much, but I know your word wants me to forgive. I can't do it on my own. Help me to forgive. That transformation, because I am telling you, if I do not say this, I will be doing you a great disservice as a man of God. Mm-hmm. You need to understand that that day when we stand before God, when we stand before the King of glory, mm. there will be many rewards, different rewards. As a man of God, when I look into the scripture, I see that there are certain rewards for faithful preachers, faithful pastors, faithful apostles. So that word begins to show me what I need to do to make sure I don't miss that reward because it, it is something that many will regret. Bible says on that day, there'll be also weeping and gnashing of teeth. Some believers will be ashamed on that day. You think you just enter heaven and that's it. Imagine sitting at a, a speech and prize giving day. For those who are not uh, from Ghana or from the African setting, the speech and prize giving day is just a day of awards for uh, students who have excelled academically and all that, and then different things, those who are excellent in athletics, different awards that are given. So the speech and prize giving day is a very special time. When you were in primary school, it was a very special time of awards. Some students will be regretting and saying, oh, if I had studied hard, I would have gotten this. That is human awards and rewards. And sometimes people are crying because they didn't get an award. This is the human 
picture of what is going to happen in eternity because these are eternal rewards. Mm. It's not like another chance to make it up. No. Whatever you do in this life is what will determine your placement in eternity. It's not just about getting into heaven. Oh, I thank God I made it. I, I'm, I just, I just thank God. I'm so happy I made it. Fine. You may settle for that, but I won't. Because I understand what it means to be ranked in a position of authority forever. Some mm. people are going to be entrusted with dimensions of eternity. Are going to be given cities. Are going to be given realms of glory. The Bible says in Acts chapter 20, I believe, it talks about, it says the word of grace, uh, I commit to you the word of grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance. I, I, want, I, want, I want us to go there. Let me just uh, go there quickly. Oh, glory to God, glory to God, glory and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. All those who are sanctified are the believers. And it's saying that the word of God has the ability to give you an inheritance. We are, this is not human inheritance. These are eternal inheritances. Things that people are going to inherit dimensions in eternity. People are going to have cities all to themselves. Their focus will still be Jesus, but they'll be rewarded for their faithfulness on earth. Can you imagine being in heaven and living in a, a, a boarding room, a boarding house with just a double bed and all you have in your room is just a, a table and a chair? Hmm. While people are in heaven living in mansions, you, you cannot tell God on that in that day that God has been unfair. No, because he is a very fair God and he rewards us according to faithfulness. But how do we know the things that are considered inheritances if we do not read the word, if we do not know that there is a crown of life, there's a righteousness, there, there are going to be crowns, many crowns, many rewards, they are all in the scriptures. But the devil has succeeded in making us have no passion for the word. The conference is at thy word. Mm. The word is important. I have, have a strong burden from the Lord to speak this to you because of the days ahead. Mm. <laughs> the days ahead. You will understand what I'm saying soon. I'm, I'm going to touch on that. But take the word of God seriously. Take the word of God seriously. Take the word of God seriously. So we are transformed. We are changed into the same image from glory to glory. When you look at the scriptures, look at yourself and say, what do I need to change? What, what is it about my life? Is it my attitude? Is it that I, I, I am proud and arrogant? Then you look at the scripture and say, do not, do not praise your own self. Then you realize, do I do that a lot? Do I always talk about my achievements? You check yourself. You, you look at another scripture that tells you that love your neighbor as yourself. You ask yourself, do I love my neighbor? They, they may seem like very simple instructions that can be overlooked. But it's in eternity that you realize that those who were diligent, 
to conform to what is written are those who will stand out forever. Let's progress. Oh, Jesus. The mysteries of God's word. Now, another thing you should know is that the word of God is what will help you to withstand the coming storms and floods. The word of God is what will help you to withstand the coming storms. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew, chapter 7. The book of Matthew, chapter 7. And we are going to go down reading from verse 24 to 27. I read. Therefore, whoever hears these words or these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, one. The floods came, two. And the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Jesus Christ was saying that there are two categories of people in every generation. Those who heed his word and obey it and do it, and those who just hear it and not do it. And it's saying that those who obey the word are those who will be able to withstand the coming storms because the same storms hit both the obedient one and the disobedient mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. The rain came. The floods came. The wind blew. But those who obeyed were likened to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Meaning that the, those who obey the word of God are those who will be experiencing stability in the times to come. Sure. There are certain floods that are about to hit the earth. And mm. don't, don't think about it literally. I'm speaking prophetically now. Mm. Prophetic floods are about to hit the earth. Mm. Prophetic winds are about to hit the earth. Winds of the prince of the power of the air. Mm. It's going to move through the airwaves, through mm. the social media. It has begun, but it's going to be so intense. And the rains are going to be intense. Don't just think about what I'm saying literally. The second heavens are mad and angry. Principalities and powers are really angry because in... Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Mm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This was not part of the message. But let's go there. Revelation chapter 12, verse 12. It says, Therefore rejoice, O heavens. And you who dwell in them, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows his time is short. Mm -hmm. The devil knows his time is short, but we do not know that the time is short. So we are misbehaving. When the time is short, you act quickly. You do everything you can do to ensure that your agenda is executed. Mm. Many things have been happening and believers are so not aware. They may see, but they do not get the prophetic implications of what, are, what is happening. 
The devil is racing against time. So everything he can do to get as many people into hell, he will do it. What are we doing as believers? How are we utilizing our time? Are we being so winners? Are we spending time in prayer? Are we building our life on the rock by obeying the scriptures? Because do not wait until the crisis hits. I said yesterday, Corona hit. We don't know what the next big one is. Mm -hmm. But will you be able to withstand? Because Jesus is saying that the key to withstand in that hour mm. is those who have heeded the word and obeyed. Mm. Obedience may seem like a problem in your normal life. You may be so stubborn, but you can't afford to be stubborn in obeying God's word in the days to come. That's because true. you'll be in danger. Mm. But the word of God must be obeyed. The word of God must be obeyed. Oh, Salaban Deskebaha. The presence of God, I, I don't know, but I, I feel the mm. presence of God where I am currently. God, we are not in the same space, but the presence of, I feel it strongly. And God is speaking to someone and is drawing your attention to the necessity of the word. You need to spend time in this word because it is of utmost importance in the days to come. Mm. Your knowledge of scriptures is important. I'll give you a mystery. I'll give you a mystery. Isaiah 43 verse 2. Isaiah 43 verse 2. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned nor shall the flame scorch you. You may be wondering why I'm reading this verse. I'll tell you. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were threatened, I touched on that yesterday, but I'm going deeper. When they were threatened that if you do not bow, we will throw you into the fire. Ha! These men knew what they were standing on. They had built their life on the way. The prophecies of Isaiah were there. They knew the scripture. And they knew that somewhere in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2, God had given them a promise mm -hmm. that when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Hand mm -hmm. of rest, katabaha. So I'm they watching. said, even if you do not save us, even if our God does not deliver us, we mm -hmm. will not bow because if he doesn't deliver us, when we enter that fire, the promise shall manifest. We will not be burned. Mm -hmm. We will not be burned. And Amen. surely they were not burned because they were rooted in the way. Until you are rooted in the word, when the storms hit, you will not be able to withstand. Amen. But God is raising and bringing us to the place of and a consciousness of the word. Please do not take these words I'm saying lightly. Please. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. I'm standing just like how Jeremiah will be weeping. How Isaiah will be pleading. How the prophets of old will be pleading. I'm pleading with you, please, from this moment, do not take the word of God lightly. Please, it's okay. Yes, we'll hear sermons on Sunday. We'll, we'll listen to sermons on the radio and all that. But this is the time mm -hmm. to take the word of God seriously. We have no excuse. In the days of Joseph, when he was tempted and all the experiences he had, in the days of Daniel, they didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. They didn't have the New Testament at all. Yet with the little they had, mm -hmm. look at the exploits they were able to accomplish. The deliverances, the experience. We have all the 66 books of the Bible. We have podcasts. 
we have books written by anointed men and women of God to whom much is given, much is required. With all this that we have, we mm. are still not doing what God requires of us. That's but God is calling his people in this hour to begin to take his word seriously and to begin to become students of the word because he, he wants to unveil his mysteries unto us. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, time won't permit me, so I have a prophetic message to deliver to God's people. Between last night and today, when I was in prayer, the Lord was expounding on certain things to me. There are many types of the prophetic anointing. You have the prophetic anointing that focuses on the realm of word of knowledge, where I'll tell you your name, your, your house, your experiences. That is an aspect of the prophetic anointing. And it is so potent, so powerful. There are multiple streams. God gives them as he wills, different dimensions. One dimension of the prophetic anointing is the Issachar anointing. That anointing is what enables you to understand the times and the seasons. Yeah. First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, it says in the NLT, for the tribe of Issachar, these were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. All these men understood the signs of the times and they knew the best course for Israel to take. It is a dimension of prophetic grace to understand the times and the seasons. They may not necessarily prophesy that this is what is going to come before it happens, but they have been given understanding of the times and what things signify. I'm saying this for a purpose because I'm about to share something with you that should conscientize you toward the times we are in. The passing on of the queen has triggered something in the spiritual realm. Mm. It has triggered something in the spiritual realm and I'm going to break it down. This is not something that one concocts between last night and today. You can't try and create certain things. I fear God so much and I'll not just come and say something to God's people. No, I, I fear God. And I'm, I, I want to share some of the insights God revealed to me between last night and today. God deals with kingdoms. There are nations. But anything to do with the kingdom should cause you to open your eyes and think, what does this signify? Because the kingdom of God is not a nation. It is a kingdom. So in as much as there are many nations on the earth, when God is trying to communicate the kingdom ideals and try to explain dimensions of the kingdom, he uses kingdoms on the earth to communicate certain messages. That is why in the book of Daniel, so many things were spoken about kingdoms. When the Babylonian kingdom, when King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, he had a dream about the kingdom of Persia, kingdoms, kingdoms. And that was one of the most prophetic books because kingdoms in God's calendar point to a prophetic timeline and there are prophetic triggers of something that is going to happen. So there are many presidents and many rulers in nations who have passed on and you may not have known. It may not have had any serious significance. It may have had significance in their nations. But when a monarch of a kingdom, notice kingdom because the kingdom of God is a kingdom. When something happens within any kingdom on the earth, begin to scan because God is communicating something. 
her passing on is highly prophetic. Whether she believed in the Lord or not, that's not the, case, the, the, the issue. It is the passing on has triggered something. I'm going to explain. In the days of Enoch, the Bible says Enoch begot Bethusela, and he began to walk with God. Genesis 5.22. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. What was different? Why didn't he walk with God before he had Methuselah? But he began to walk with God after he had Methuselah. There was something about the birth of Methuselah that made him begin to take his work with God seriously. Methuselah, you know, thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Mm. Enoch was a prophet. Mm. And Luke chapter 1, verse 14 to 15 tells us that he prophesied of the second coming, that mm. the Lord was going to come with 10,000 of saints. This was a man who had not yet seen the first coming, but he was able to see beyond the first coming. He even saw the second coming. And this man was so prophetic that he understood the significance of that child. He had just given birth to Methuselah. And he named the child by divine inspiration. He named the child Methuselah, which means man of the dart. Man of the dart. Man of the dart. Now, for those who know a bit about the game of darts, darts is a game where you have something you call a dart. It's like a, a tiny missile that you, you shoot at a round target. The goal is to hit the bullseye. Mm. And it's saying that Methuselah, which means man of the dart, he, this man was like a dart that was supposed to hit a certain target in God's calendar. That once he hits that target, whatever is supposed to come will come. Another meaning of Methuselah, according to the exhaustive dictionary of Bible names, is when he dies, it shall be sent. When he dies, it shall be sent. So Enoch understood that there is something about this child that the moment he dies, something is going to be sent. Something is going to be released. So Methuselah having a very long life on earth was not because he was just eating healthy meals. It was because God was extending his years on the earth to fulfill a particular, particular prophetic purpose. Now, Methuselah was the father of Lamech. He gave birth to Lamech, Lamech and then Lamech gave birth to Noah. Mm-hmm. Now, in the year Methuselah died, that was the year the flood came. If you do the calculations, it's spot on. Noah was 600 years, according to the scripture in Genesis 5.27. Noah was 600 years when the flood came. 600 years. Uh, Let me go to that. Genesis 7.6. He was 600 years when the flood came. And that was the 969th year of Methuselah. The year he died was when, um, was the year that, uh, what's his name? Noah was 600. And that was the same year the flood came. So God was extending Methuselah's life as an an act of mercy. Because while Methuselah was still alive, God called Noah and said, my spirit will not strive with men anymore. So build this act because I'm about to destroy them. But the lifespan I've given is 120 years. Mm -hmm. Within that 120 years, if these people do not repent, this flood is coming. Mm. But that 120 years was synchronized with the 969th year of Methuselah. So that the day he falls, that is the day the flood will come. And the people fail to repent. 
And when he died, the flood came. Why am I saying all this? I'm going somewhere. The queen is the longest living monarch. Mm -hmm. 96 years of life is nothing you can attain just by might. The Lord knows why she lived that long. Because something, I said, when it, something to do with kingdoms. It's not just a nation. This is a kingdom you are talking about. And God is a God of kingdoms. Bible says in Revelation, the kingdoms of this world will become mm -hmm. the kingdoms of our God and his Christ. Mm -hmm. So whatever happens within a kingdom that gets worldwide attention should let you know that something has been shifted in the spirit. Just as Methuselah lived so long, and he passed on. The passing on of, our, of the queen has triggered something. The Lord hasn't given me uh, yet the scope of what is to come. I wouldn't say something he hasn't said. He hasn't given me the scope of what is to come. But he asked me to conscientize you concerning the floods. That's why I gave you the uh, Matthew 7 scripture. That you've got to be rooted on the way because some floods are coming. Not natural. Certain diabolical things. The enemy is so angry and he's ready to release his final onslaught against the purposes of God. Mm. But her life was extended. Remember I said it's not whether she believes in the Lord or not. In the days of Methuselah, Methuselah was not a born again Christian. But God decided to use him as a prophetic message. So if his life, his name meant when he dies, it will be sent. I can imagine anytime he had a sickness, people will start panicking. His father will panic. What is going to happen? If he dies, is it coming? People will be worried. But God kept extending because Bible says that God is not slack concerning his promise. Mm -hmm. As some people think slackness. But he's long-suffering and he's patient. And he doesn't want any to perish. So the extension of setting people's lives, not everybody, setting people's lives, mm. God can choose who he wants to use as that prophetic sign in a particular generation. And this is a prophetic sign. Now the Lord expounded this unto me some more. It is not a coincidence that I'm speaking about Methuselah because mm -hmm. the parallels are incredible. She died at 96 in the ninth month. Nine, six, nine. Ninth month. 96 years, so 969. And Methuselah died at the age of 969, 969. And the flood came. We do not know what is coming, but the Lord has assigned me to you to begin to take your walk with him seriously. To begin to walk in accordance with his way. Yes, because I have the days ahead yes. require yeah, understanding of God's word. Now to add one more thing to this. In the news, it states that a rainbow appeared, yeah. a double rainbow appeared at the Buckingham Palace. And I think yeah. somewhere else, I don't recall the name. Mm -hmm. But a rainbow appeared around the same time of, of her death, either before or after. I don't recall the exact detail, but there was a rainbow linked to her passing. Now think about this. Methuselah died. Noah's relevance was revealed. And at the end of the flood, a rainbow came, which was a covenant of God's mercy. A covenant of God saying that I will not destroy the earth again with rain. The prophetic significance of this rainbow that appeared, it may look so normal, but I'm speaking by authority. Mm. That the, 
the rainbow is a prophetic message to the believers also that mm. in the midst of what is going to come, mm. God's covenant of peace will mm. be with the believers. Amen. So he says, Amen. Arise, stand, for the light, your light is mm. come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. It mm. says, darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness upon the people. But it's saying that the glory shall be seen, it shall be upon you. But Jesus says, and stand in the darkness. Mm-hmm. When the light comes, mm. what is the light? The word of God. The entrance mm. of thy word gives light. So for you to be able to survive in the dark seasons that are coming, mm. it will take the revelation of God's word. You've got to build your life on this word. You've got to build your life on this mm. word. You've got to build your life on this word. And I'm going to end with a few things. The Lord highlighted the number 96 to me and gave me specific scriptures to share with you. Mm. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 6. 96, 96. Proverbs 9 and 6. It says, forsake foolishness and live and go in the way of understanding. God is admonishing every believer. Mm. The word foolishness, in certain settings, it's inappropriate to use. But I'm, I'm speaking according to the word of God. So pardon me if it comes off in a particular way. But this is the instruction I was given. That mm. anything that we consider foolishness in the sight of God, certain habits, certain tendencies, certain Things you are doing that you know are not right in the sight of God. He's saying, forsake them and live. Forsake them and live. And Mm. he's saying that you should go in the way of understanding. Understanding of what? Understanding of what the word of God is saying. What the word of God requires of you. Forsake those tendencies, those perversions. If it is immorality, forsake it. If it is backbiting, forsake it. If it is gossiping, forsake it. If it is cheating, forsake it. Forsake it because the days are ahead. That 96 number, 96, he's saying forsake it. And Mm. then go in the way of understanding of the word because of the days to come. He took me to another scripture, Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and to establish it. So this scripture, the 9, 6 scripture, is pointing pointing to the governance of Christ. Mm-hmm. In the days ahead, you must submit to the government of heaven by obeying his scriptures because that is how you will be able to survive in the days ahead. The government of the kingdom is what you must abide and submit to. He took me to Daniel 9 verse 6 and he said, Neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. God is saying that do not be like those who disregard the prophetic words that come. Do not be like those who disregard them. Do not heed them. We we always hear, but this is a prophetic message. He's saying do not disregard it. He took me to Zechariah chapter 9 verse 6, also 96. He says, a mixed race shall settle in Ashdod. And I'll cut off the pride of the Philistines. God is about to cut off the pride of certain nations. I'm speaking on the unction. Certain nations, their arrogance and their pride is about to be cut off. Mm. God is communicating this. And the last thing, Luke chapter 9, verse 6, also 96. So they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. God is saying, now is the time. 
to make soul winning a priority. Mm. 96, this prophetic signal of the passing on of the queen should make you become more serious with your work with God. Should make you take the work with God seriously. No time for playing church. No time for this minor, minor bickerings. It's, 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 it's enough. It's time to put those childish things away and begin to become more intimate with Jesus in this mm. hour. And God is going to reveal himself. The glory of the Lord is going to be so strong upon the people of God. We are going to rise. We are going to shine. We are going to move from glory to glory. We are going to come. The Bible says you are like, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. You will shine. And unbelievers will come to the brightness of your rising. Jesus. This is what the Lord is saying to you tonight. Amen. Amen. This is a sovereign word. I believe it. Is. I know it is a sovereign word. And I want mm. you to just take a moment, close your eyes, and say, Lord, help me to walk more intimately with you. Help me to walk more intimately with you. Help me to become faithful in my work with you. Set your word to yield to your instruction. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up, oh God, everyone mm. listening, oh God, to this message and this prayer. I pray, oh God, that you ignite a fire within us. Ignite a fire for your word. A hunger for your word. Mm. Passion for your word. Thirst for your word. Lord, the days have come. And the signs are clear that we are approaching, mm. fast approaching, the end of this age. We do not know how soon, but Lord, we know that your word is true. Therefore, I pray for every believer, even now, those present mm. and those around the nations, the body of Christ as a whole. Mm. And I pray that, Lord, strengthen us in the days to come. Mm. Revive us in the days to come. Amen. Give us the illumination and the revelation we need to survive the days and the years ahead. That whatever flood is about to hit the earth, whatever winds are about to blow, whatever rainfalls are about to strike us, oh God, may the believers oh that will be built on the rock, which is Christ, as yes. you obey your will. May the Lord revive you. May the Lord strengthen you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord present you. May the Lord be your shield and your strength. Amen. Activate you with his blood in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, if you are sick in any part of your body, I want to pray for you. Place your hand on that part of your body. Come, 
May the blood of Jesus neutralize every toxin in your body, every disease causing germ in your body, everything that has affected your bone, affected your muscle, affected your joints, affected your arteries, your veins, your capillaries. Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.